Did you know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society depends on support from listeners like you to keep our podcast up and running? We are an independent operation, creating, producing, distributing, and promoting the podcast by ourselves and paying for it out of our own pockets because we love it and we think it's worth it to preserve the well-loved cultural nuggets from our Gen X youth. If you'd like to become a supporter of the PCPS, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and search for Pop Culture Preservation Society. Our Patreon supporters are like our pit crew, giving us the fuel we need to keep on trucking. And as a Patreon supporter, you'll also get special thank you gifts, like video recordings of our episodes, after the episode discussions, invitations to live events over Zoom, and the occasional blooper delivered straight to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening and for being a part of our society. And then Herman's Hermits. I often envisioned this band as hermit crabs. So they were like their mascot or whatever to me were little crabs that were just going around and one was named Hermit. And so um, that's how I visualize them, not as hermit, the people that don't come out of, you know. Okay, I just realized that you could, I'm with you, Carolyn, because I'm just now realizing that a hermit is somebody who doesn't go outside and not a hermit crab. Yeah, Yeah. I also thought they were hermit crabs. Yeah. Oh, that's the only way I've ever thought of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you you thought of them as crabs too? As tiny crabs, yeah. Hello world, there's a song that we're singing Come on, get happy A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing We'll make you happy Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who couldn't listen to their favorite songs until they combined their birthday money with the money in their Sunday school offering and then got a ride to the record store at the mall. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be saving some of our earliest memories of pop music and a celebration of the sunny, psychedelic, happy time music of the late 60s and early 70s called Sunshine Pop. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. was inspired by a radio show I heard recently that introduced me to an entirely new genre of music, which is weird because it's a genre straight out of the early years of the Gen X era. And I'm wondering, how did I miss this? So DJ Jake Rude has a show called Transmission every Thursday night on The Current, our local indie music station. You might remember Jake as our Yacht Rockologist from our Yacht Rock episode. And every week, Jake chooses a retro theme for his transmission show. And this time, it was Sunshine Pop, which was something I'd never even heard of before. But I knew every single song. Did you guys know about Sunshine Pop? Did you know what this was? Well, I didn't know the title. You know, I didn't know that it had a a title, but... I feel like these are songs that you don't know, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yes, right. You know, but yeah, mm-hmm. but all of that. Yeah, yeah. and all and of that. It's yeah. like these are the songs I feel like we're playing. At least for me, these were the songs that um, were playing when I wasn't aware of music or mm-hmm. the radio, but they were filtering into my cells. Mm-hmm. I was too little to know about music, but. I feel like I was getting them somehow. Yeah. I was absorbing them. I think they were um, being imprinted in my brain in some 
way, shape, or form. And I think those moments when they were imprinting were really happy times for me because, um, you know, I've, every time I hear these songs that I didn't know I knew I knew or however yeah. you <laughs> so eloquently put it, Michelle, um, I know the words and I just start almost wanting to skip. Like that was one of the qualifications <gasps> yes. for me is like the song mm-hmm. has to make me want to skip. That makes it <laughs> sunshine pop. We were so, so little when these songs yes. came out. We were we could have been babies and toddlers. It, and these were the songs that were on the radio when we were first, like maybe we didn't even have the capacity to form memory yet. But mm-hmm. like you said, Carolyn, it got in anyway. These were songs that we knew, but I never, ever knew the titles of the songs. And I never mm-hmm. knew the names of the bands that did them. Maybe because we were too little to be cognizant of the fact that songs had ma- names and they were right. sung by people. Right. You could have been an infant laying, or you could have been a toddler playing with your blocks, or Carolyn, you could have been a five-year-old skipping around yeah. with your sister. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We, they, they just sort of seeped into us. And then when you guys were doing, when you first started doing your research, tell me if this is what happened for you. You would see the name of a song, and you'd be like, hmm, I don't know that song. And then you'd play it and go, oh, yeah, that song. <laughs> totally. Every single one. What, yes. I don't know that one. What's the rain, the park, and other things? I don't know. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> That's why I think that they were imprinted somewhere in mm-hmm. our brains and kind of been living there until we hear the song. And all of a sudden, we don't need to know the title. We don't need to know the band. We just know we know the words. And mm-hmm. for me, they just made me feel happy. Absolutely. It was sunshiny music. Well, yes. I'm kind of sorry that I never knew it was called Sunshine Pop because I loved, like, how do you not love or be or gravitate toward a genre of music called Sunshine Pop? It just Seriously. Is, you can't not even smile when you say Sunshine Pop. Right. <laughs> it's got mm-hmm. daisies and, 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 you know, rainbows coming out of it. I love it. It's a daymaker. It it's is. It's a daymaker, totally. totally. So much like Yacht Rock, Sunshine Pop is a name given to this tiny subset of music long after it was popular on the radio. And also, much like Yacht Rock, it is equally hard to define. <laughs> but you know it when you hear it, just yes. like just like Yacht Rock. So the Wikipedia definition of Sunshine Pop is a genre of music that came out of Southern California in the mid-60s to early 70s. Cheerful, upbeat music, which is characterized by warm sounds, prominent vocal harmonies, lush vocals, light arrangements, and sophisticated productions. Rooted in easy listening and advertising jingles, which I think is interesting, Sunshine Pop acts combine nostalgic or anxious moods with an appreciation for the beauty of the world. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> Isn't it? I know. I know. Daisies and rainbows, I'm telling you guys. Daisies and rainbows. Yes. Yeah, it's a little It's a little breezy. It's oh, a little bit yeah. psychedelic. It yeah. can be a little bit psychedelic. Mm-hmm. But it's also, um, it's a strange combination of sophisticated and childlike. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. No wonder I like it so much because that's yes. how I think I walk <laughs> through the world. Sophisticated mm-hmm. and childlike. Yeah. It's like it's mu- it's music made for children, but it is sophisticated enough for, for adults mm-hmm. to listen to. It has a sunny disposition about it. But again, like Yacht Rock, it does not have to be about sunshine. And there can sometimes be sort of a melancholy thread or a sense of yearning underneath. So it's these, it's almost bittersweet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So- Thank you, because these are songs to me that, and I'm so sorry to the lady who left the review saying she couldn't take me saying this, 
but <laughs> gives me a funny feeling in my tummy. But for real, these are happy songs, but for mm-hmm. some reason, and I don't know if it's the instruments in some of them or the choiry vocals or the specific beats, but many of them make me feel like I'm going to cry and not necessarily yes. in a bad way. So yes. I think it's that what you just said. It's You just said there can be a melancholy thread or sense of yearning. That's mm-hmm. that funny feeling in my tummy. That's that lump in my throat. Well, and in the arrangements, I think, are so important in it, too, because we're going to talk a little bit later. And there's sometimes there's a song that was popularized with Sunshine Pop, and then it was covered later by someone else, and it has a totally different feel. Totally different. Totally Mm the same words, but totally different feel. Yeah, it can. It just because a song says a certain thing doesn't mean that it always belongs in a certain genre. All you have to do is change the instrumentation, and it belongs in a different genre. Yeah. It's no longer sunshine pop. Mm-hmm. I found it hard. I'm, I'm, I find it hard to distinguish it sometimes from bubblegum pop. Um, I think what it might be is that is the level of sophistication um, that sunshine pop might have a, a, another. It might be more lush. It might have more instrumentation to it. Um, the definition of bubblegum pop. They they say they say you know the capital they um, bubblegum pop songs hinge on upbeat melodies simple lyrics I don't find most of these lyrics to be simple at all um, no. with sing along choruses and danceable rhythms and bubblegum pop gets its name from the sweet nature of its subject matter which largely concerns young love so you know bubblegum pop you think of like yummy 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 I got love in my tummy right like that mm-hmm. heartbeat it's a love beat puppy love um some monkey songs are considered bubblegum pop um I don't know hey Deanie do you think hey Deanie's bubblegum pop I would say yeah yeah probably it's, it's hard to distinguish and I think what we'll find as we go on is that we'll have some that's right um, songs but... that we talk about yeah maybe yeah, yeah. That there will be some songs that are crossovers, that they'll be on both lists. I found that over and over again, that there's some that are on both lists. So listeners, Sunshine Pop has seriously become like a new hobby <laughs> for us. ABL, always be learning, right? Uh-huh. Um, but we do not claim to be experts. We're just figuring this out as we go. So we do not want any sass talk on our socials from all the Sunshine Pop experts out there, we know you're out there, who feel just as strongly about their music as the Yacht Rock people do. We learned from our Yacht Rock episode yes, we did. that mm-hmm. people have feelings. Anyway, please just let us learn at our own pace because all songs are welcome here. That's right. That's right. That's all, right. All Don't songs. add us. Don't <laughs> add us. Yes, because what we are going to do in today's episode is create our own KTEL album. <gasps> Drum roll, right? I'm so excited. KTEL. KTEL presents The Sunshine Situation. 20 original songs, 20 original stars, including The Beach Boys, The Beatles, The Turtles, The Mamas and the Papas, Sonny and Cher, and The Association. But wait, there's more. And we'll tell you all about that in a minute. Call now. Just $3.99. Yeah, right. Available at these fine stores. Sears, Woolworths, Ben Franklin, Kroger, Musicland, and more. Okay, so... <laughs> What we're going to do is take you through this KTEL album that we three novices have put together, track by track. Sometimes we'll have a rabbit hole that we will go down, and sometimes we'll just share the song and when it came out, because we have 20 original hits and 20 original stars. Actually, a lot more than that to get through. (laughs) 
I even made an album cover. Would you guys like to see the album yes, cover that I made? Yes, very okay, much so. I'm going to text it to you right now. We haven't I'm seen so, it. I'm so insanely proud of this. I can't even stand hey, it. You wear a lot of hats at the KTEL company, don't you, Kristen? Yeah, I You're really do. You're in the do. design department. Yeah. You're just everywhere. <laughs> All right. Coming at you right now. Okay. <gasps> it's perfect. Hold on. Doesn't that look like a KTEL album? It does, yeah. The Sunshine Hold Situation, 22 original here. hits, 22 original stars. So cute. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah, Love this it was really fun. Okay. We have our album cover. Now we're going to tell you about the tracks that are on right. our KTEL album. So let's start with side one. The first track of this album could be the quintessential Sunshine Pop song. Yes. So um, track one, side one, was one of my picks. And was it one of you guys' picks too? Oh, definitely. Okay. So- Side one, track one, is Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. Wouldn't it be nice if we were older, we wouldn't have to wait so long. And wouldn't it be nice to live together in the kind of world So, you guys, this was one of my picks because this song may be from 1966, but for me, it will always take me right back to 1990, when I was a junior in college. Oh. And my boyfriend and I had been dating for about two years. So I put this song on a mixtape that we listen to all the time because I felt every word. Like, I, I mean, we were in love. I wanted to be older so we could live together in the kind of world where we belonged, where we could wake up in the morning when the day was new. And after spent, spending the whole day together, you know what we could do? We could hold each other close the whole <laughs> night through. Oh, and then we could be married, and then we'd be happy. We could be married, and we could be happy. Well, spoiler alert, everyone, we did get married, and um, just 30 years ago this June, um, and we've been very happy. Oh, you're coming up on 30. Mm -hmm. And we've been very happy, and we definitely Mm -hmm. had the DJ play this song at our wedding. But you guys, um, here's why I still love it so much, because now when I hear this song, It's like a sweet little reminder of those days when I wished for all the things we take for granted, kind of, with each other now 30 years later, saying goodnight Mm -hmm. and staying together, waking up together. I remember just thinking, wouldn't that be, I mean, basically, wouldn't it be nice, right? (laughs) Oh, wouldn't it be nice? And I think it's also um, a testament to the lyrics of these songs, as we'll talk about. I mean, it was one thing to just kind of, you know, bop along and sing to it. But when you really sit down and read the lyrics, it's so, it's, yeah, it's like, it was so aspirational when we were hearing yeah. it. I know. I love that. Yeah. And that they dared to sit, this is where, what got me in the feels, that they dared to say, and we could be married. It seemed like such a huge leap forward and mm-hmm. so sweet for some mm-hmm. little boyfriend to be saying that. I do remember when I'd play it when that part of the song would come on and we could mm-hmm. be married and I'd feel a little embarrassed like, oh. I know. I don't, we haven't talked yeah. about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Are we ready for our second song? Track two. Yeah, yes, track two, track mm-hmm. two which I think is almost a given. But this would be the 59th Street Bridge song. God, I love it. Do you know that song, Michelle? No, I'm I'm not. Yes, don't. She, right does. Now. she doesn't she know. Does. She doesn't know, know that she knows know, it. But you know. yeah. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. 
feeling groovy. You might know it more as feeling groovy by feeling Simon and Garfunkel. Groovy. Yes, I yes, love that song. <laughs> Isn't that song? Isn't it great? Feeling and groovy. it came out in 1966, written by Paul Simon. Uh, and he got the idea as he was crossing the 59th Street Bridge, also known as the Queensboro Bridge. And that's just kind of how we felt as he was walking along. And he was feeling groovy. Feeling groovy. <laughs> it was also covered by Harper's Bizarre. Not Bizarre. Bizarre. <laughs> B-I-Z-A-R-R-E. They covered it in 1967. So just the next year. So mm-hmm. probably easy to kind of get them um, mixed up in your head. I probably think more of the Simon and Garfunkel tune because I loved Simon and Garfunkel and I had their greatest hits on 8-track. And so I listened to that over and over. I just thought it was a Simon and Garfunkel song until I saw Harper's Bazaar when we were researching. And that's the one that kept popping up. Simon and Garfunkel never came up when I was researching. It was 100% of the time. Harper. Oh, Even wow. when I went in Spotify and Apple Music, if I put in 59th Street Bridge song, Harper's Bazaar came up. Huh. Well, listeners... Think on that. Let us know what comes up for you more. Let us know. I'm very interested. The most interesting thing I found out about that song, though, was that um, the 59th Street Bridge song closely mimicked the TV theme from H.R. Puffin Stuff. (gasps) Oh, oh my God. That's what Paul Simon thought, even though it was originally composed by Sid and Marty Croft. So Simon sued them for plagiarism. No way. Yes. And now, if you look at the credits after H.R. Puffin Stuff... Simon's writing credit is added to the right. Yeah. Simon's, so he won. Oh, Simon's name is, yeah, added to the writing credit. You said H&R Puff and Stuff. I did. You said if you look at the credits H&R after Block. H&R Puff and Stuff, but it's just HR. I just H&R don't want you to, Block Puff and I just, Stuff. I want you to Block say that stuff. again only because I don't want people listening to think, oh, yes. why did Carolyn's well, call it H&R? Well, this whole thing is funny. That I thought it was like confusing. <laughs> H&R Block and my yeah. adult self and taxes yes. with HR Puff and Stuff. Okay. That is so funny. That is that's a good fact. Isn't that crazy. I gotta say too that like when I walked into uh, Mrs. Burson's music class and feeling groovy was on the overhead projector, like that was gonna be a banner day. How could it not? That was gonna be a groovy day when we walked into music class. I like how Kristen's opinion of a great day at music class is feeling groovy, and my opinion of a great day at music class was um, Grandma's Feather Bed by yes. John Denver. <laughs> <laughs> We're each claiming our own little portion of the room. This is my right. corner over here. Feeling groovy. I got no deeds to do, no promises to keep. I'm dappled and drowsy and ready to sleep. Let the morning time drop all its petals on me. Life, I love you. All is groovy. Okay, track number three on our KTEL album, The Sunshine Situation, is a song called The Rain, The Park, and Other Things. This is the perfect example of a song where I was like, I have no mm-hmm. idea what that is. I don't. And then when I heard it, I almost started to cry. And I did. She could make me happy. happy. She could make me happy. in her Because it's just that familiar, and it's a song that I loved so much. This is a song by the Cowsills, which was a family band that included a bunch of brothers, a mom, and the cutest little sister you've ever seen in your whole life. It came out in 1967, and it got to number two on the charts, and it was kept out of the number one spot by Daydream Believer. 
So mm. the cowsills were the inspiration for the Partridge family. I think a lot of people know mm-hmm. that, but it's worth a reminder. Um, and they were actually supposed to star in the show. And they, they were going to star as themselves in the show. But rumor has it that their dad was a total tyrant and tanked it. The movie or the TV people were like, oh, my God, we can't work with these people. So they call up Shirley Jones. They start auditioning people. And voila, the oh world my. gets David Cassidy. Isn't there a documentary on some streaming service? There is. Yeah. Yes. And it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's really, I think it's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might just be called The Cow Sills. So watch the video for The Rain, The Park, and other things because um, we need to put this in the weekly reader because Mm -hmm. you need to watch the little girl, Susan. She is just shaking her tail feather as hard as she can. And she's like (laughs) seven. I want to be this little girl when I grow up. She's just shaking it. It's so great. So I asked, I reached out to DJ Jake Rude, who did the Sunshine Pop show on transmission on the radio, and I asked him, so what is your favorite? If you had to choose a favorite Sunshine Pop song, what would it be? And this is his favorite, The Rain, The Park, and other things. And this is why. Your guys are going to die. Listen to this story. This is the only song that he has ever dedicated to anyone on the radio. It was when he was a teenager, and he had his very first job. He was a bagger at Lund's, which is our local grocery store, and he fell in love with the flower girl, And which I just thought was so beautiful. And then, so he dedicated this song to her on the radio. And then, I, that story is good enough, right? But then I listened to the lyrics of the song, For Real, and I, okay, Jake Rude, will you marry me, please? Because this could possibly be the most romantic thing I've ever heard, particularly from a teenage boy. These are the lyrics that I had never heard. And I knew she had made me happy. Flowers in her hair, flowers everywhere. Oh, I don't know just why. She simply caught my eye. I love the flower girl. She seemed so sweet and kind. She crept into my mind. Love the flower girl. Okay, please don't let the story be over. You have. We, do we know what happened? She became. She became his first girlfriend. Oh yay! Cute. I know. <laughs> How could you resist that? <sighs> so cute. I love the I flower love girl. Okay, and so um, I'm assuming that all of you are now in love with DJ J. Grude, like I am. Yes. And so lucky you, you're going to get to hear more of him because he's going to be in conversation with Michelle on an upcoming episode about Duran Duran. Ooh, that's going to be fun, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> so are Kristen and I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Our next track is Wendy by The Association. Yes. However, we're not speaking of wind, which I always sort of thought windy. Mm-hmm. I actually always, I had a friend named Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y, and I always thought, that's so cool. She's she got a song named after her. Well, you Only guys, if so- you live in the South, because if you live elsewhere, her name is Wendy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen to this, though. You guys, I think I'm about to blow your minds. So, um, like I said, the song is by the association. It reached number one on the Hot Billboard 100 in July of 1967. Um, you guys, I had this 45 as a little, little oh, child. You did? And I remember playing it a lot and feeling kind of grown up because in my mind, it was a grown up song. It was like oh, a song yeah, that, for sure. that, that parents listened to. Mm-hmm. But I loved it because I could sing along to it. I understood the lyrics. To me, they created a very vivid image, which 
is bizarre because the lyrics don't make any sense. Honestly, I think the writer was stoned. And I'm not far off because listen to this. The songwriter Ruth Ann Friedman once said, I have heard so many different permutations of what the song was about. Here is the truth. I was sitting on my bed, the apartment on the first floor of David Crosby's house in Beverly Glen. Oh, I mean, you know. right? Because of course <laughs> it was. Yes. Where else would it be? Um, and there was a fellow who came to visit and was sitting there staring at me as if he was going to suck the life out of me. So I started to fantasize about what kind of a guy I would like to be with. And that was Wendy, a guy. What? So you guys, the original song was about a man named Wendy, but the association changed the gender in the lyrics. Oh, okay. I feel so much better because like, did I miss that? Because no, no. I, I thought, personally, I thought I was Windy. No, I just, well, I'm walking down the streets of the every, city. Smiling yeah. at everybody she sees. She, who yeah, okay, good, good, good. Capture. Okay. Yeah. And that was one that was on Sesame Street real early. So mm-hmm. we were, a lot of us could have been introduced to it there. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Wendy has wings to, wings fly, to fly above the clouds. Above the clouds. We're outside. We're, yes. we're in the clouds, just like my next song. I was about to say, this is a great segue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm, I wonder who was so clever as to be putting these in this order. <laughs> that would be the woman Mixed who wears Master many Mommy. hats at mm-hmm. KTEL. <laughs> well, we have... Perhaps one of my favorites, and to me, an epitome of sunshine pop music is Up, Up, and Away by The Fifth Dimension. So good. Oh, love this song. Up, up, and away. a lot of thought I think that went into a lot of the lyrics to these songs when you hear like you know like Wendy and a few other ones it's just like well I was walking along the 59th street bridge and I saw a few things and I decided to write a song in this case very similarly um, Jimmy Webb who wrote the song uh, talks about the fact that he was visiting a friend a DJ who for a promo for the radio station they would have a hot air balloon that would just kind of go up with listeners like a hundred feet in the air <laughs> and the I'm just um, thinking of the turkeys oh, oh yeah. from WKRP yes. as God is my witness I thought turkeys could fly <laughs> oh gosh and so um as Jimmy was walking out to the balloon with his friend his friend just casually said would you like to take a ride in my beautiful balloon oh jeez <laughs> Oh and he was like, later on that night, kind of thinking, I, I think that might, that might lead to something. So, indeed it did. It led to Up, Up, and Away. It reached number seven on Billboard's Hot 100 in July of 1967. Again, by the fifth dimension. The reason that this song means a lot to me is that I would listen to it over and over again. My parents had the album. This um, song was on the album, The Age of Aquarius. A gatefold album. And you know how I love my gatefolds. Those are the ones that open up. And when you opened up The Age of Aquarius, there was a photo that kind of spread across both sides of the members of the fifth dimension. And underneath each of them, they would have what their astrological sign was. And I would think that was so cute. And I was so mesmerized with these five individuals particularly Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. So my mother must have told me at some point that they were married. And I thought that was interesting because they didn't have the same last name. So I'm sure I asked questions about that. But even more so, it appeared that Marilyn McCoo was much taller than (laughs) Billy Davis Jr. Part of it might have been the camera angles of this um, photo, but I also think in real life she was taller. Oh, yeah, she was a lot taller. And that really bothered me. (laughs) I don't know why, but again, 
I just thought that the man in a relationship had to be taller. <laughs> and I thought she was beautiful and he was just okay. So yeah. I really, yeah. I just wanted to talk to Marilyn McCoo and just be like, you could do better than Billy Davis Jr. You could get someone taller and nicer looking. <laughs> Isn't that the oddest thing that I would well, do? So yeah. little. Well, well that you're is, so little. Well, you have a favorite song from our 1976. No, 19, what was our 1977 Oh, playlist? you don't have to be That was your stop, song because you told baby. us that then. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's so funny. And a couple other kind of fun facts uh, about, or at least one fun fact that I wanted to share about Up, Up, and Away it was even a hit on the influential K-O-M-A-A-M in Oklahoma City. Now, this um, radio station was influential in quotation marks because they were very much of a Bible Belt um, radio station. And so a lot of songs couldn't play on their radio station because they deemed them, you know, too sexual, too whatever. And Up, Up, and Away was very exciting because it was even a hit on there until the program director said, no, we have to get it off and banned DJs from playing it because he thought it was about getting high. Oh, come on. Right. I tell you. Yeah. Sad, sad. They thought everything was about getting high. We have another DJ in our life, DJ Jan. DJ Jan is going to be providing the music for an upcoming PCPS um, event in um, in July of this year. And she does a lot of retro sets. And so, and one of her sets that she can do is a sunshine pop set. So I emailed her and asked her what her favorite um, sunshine pop song was, Up, Up and Away. Oh, that's her favorite. So you're in good company, Caroline. Yeah, I did love that right. one too. That's a She looks one. so proud. Caroline is so proud. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it gave it real credibility. Mm-hmm. I want to... I want to follow that up with another Fifth Dimension song. Our next track on the album is Aquarius slash Let the Sunshine In. one of the most popular songs of 1969. It's off of the same album that um, Carolyn was just talking about. This was my very first favorite song of my whole mm-hmm. life. I was two years old, and it would sort of put me in a trance a little bit. I'd get really trance-like, and I would have these images that would come to me. And the image that, <laughs> that I would see was a woman with a hose, like watering her garden or something. She was like squatted down, watering her flowers. And I didn't know the name of the song, of course, because we don't know that songs have names. And so I didn't know how to ask my mom for the song. And I remember asking her, like, the one with the woman in the hose. (laughs) And she's like, Kristen, I don't know. I don't know what you're asking for. I have no idea. Um, But I think I may have known. I was two years old in 1970, and this was a 1969 hit. They could have still been playing it on the radio. But there's also another way that I might have heard this song. Because in 1970, Let the Sunshine In, which is the latter half of this song, was used in an ad council PSA, a public service announcement, promoting racial harmony. And they used a large all-star choir, including cameos by Ray Charles, Johnny Carson, (laughs) Will Gear, and Leonard Nimoy. (laughs) Okay, a link to that for sure has got to be in the Weekly Reader. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And this song... God bless America. But if you like, if you need to dance it out, put this song on. And when they start like breaking out into Let the Sunshine, mm-hmm. just let your body like 
bust. Just, and I did it just before we went on. I'm like, I'm just going to get ready a little bit. Our next track on the album is one of my favorites. Okay, let's be honest. They're, these are all our favorite songs. <laughs> they really are. The next track on the album is Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. This is from 1966, and it was the most expensive single ever recorded. Yep. They're, they're Wait, both of their bases of all like, time, what? like still to this of day? all time, most expensive because. First of all, it's very experimental. You can hear a lot of different things in this song. There are lots of things that are not even musical instruments. You can hear like a bell ringing that's like a tricycle bell. You can hear whistles. There's all sorts of weird stuff. And it took them so long. They had 90 hours of tape. When they, <laughs> by the oh. time they were done recording, they had 90 hours to cut and put together into a song. Okay, can we just say, God bless the editor of that piece. As someone who cuts and puts things together, I cannot imagine 90 hours well, is what you and just said. Karen, they didn't have garage hours. band. He was literally cutting and slicing together yes, tape. Yes, you're right. That's right. right. With little right. pieces oh. of tape. With actual oh, things, they would use hurt. those little things with the tape. Yeah, that's yep. crazy. And now it is considered one of the finest and most important works of the rock era of any genre. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I would think most people probably got, most people of our age probably got introduced to the song in the Sunkissed commercials from like probably, 1979, yeah. 1980. Yeah. Where everybody's playing volleyball on the beach and yeah. running and surfing. And you're like, yeah, I want, I want that life. Mm-hmm. Well, our next song, I know that, um, Michelle, this is also one that you love, is Make Your Own Kind of Music. Elliot became a top 40 hit in 1969. And I think this song for me is a great example of one that was imprinted in my brain. And until I recently, in the last probably year or two, kind of was reintroduced to it, did I realize I even knew the words to this song. So I found, I found a video, I think it was, um, you know, going viral in certain places, that was Hannah Waddingham, she plays Rebecca on Ted Lasso. She's performing it with the London Gay Men's Chorus. And as soon as I start watching it, and I I tuned into it because I'm like, oh, I love Rebecca on Ted Lasso. I didn't know she could sing that well. And the minute she started singing, I started singing right along. I was like, oh my gosh, I know this song. I love this song. So somewhere in my brain, that song has lived. I don't know that I've thought of it much in between. And now, you guys, this is my anthem. I've oh, seen this probably yeah. several times a week at the top of my lungs, like <laughs> belting it out in the kitchen. I think that um, a lot of what we've been talking about since we've started this podcast and we're really kind of coming into our own, or at least, you know, I am, these lyrics really, really resonate with me. And I think that's another reason I love belting it out. Like, nobody can tell you there's only one song worth singing. They may try and sell you. Because it hangs them up to see someone like you. See, I can't do it. But you got to make your own kind of music. 
And then we'll put that in. It's just such a great <laughs> no, song. No, you're leaving that in. You're leaving that in. Oh, oh yeah, gosh. definitely. That stays. But I really mean it. I am not letting the world I'm not letting the world tell me who I can be, what I can do, or who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make my own kind of music. It's a great anthem for Gen X women, really. Yeah, it Think really is. It. I mean, mm-hmm. all of us over 50 now, you know, I've said it before, but, you know, the take no shits and give no fucks mentality, we're making our own mm-hmm. kind of music, right? Singing yeah. our own special song. And yeah. also with this song, um, it, it's evidently, I did not watch Lost. Did either of you no. watch no. Lost? No. Okay. Well, it is considered, the use of this song, it's evidently in a very... um I don't know if it's pivotal, but a meaningful scene in the show Lost and the use of that song in that scene is considered one of the top uses of a pop song in any TV show ever. The next track on The Sunshine Situation is Pleasant Valley Sunday by The Monkees. Another Pleasant Valley Sunday came out in 1967, and it was written by Jerry Goffin and Carole King, um, who wrote a lot of the Monkees songs. They were married, of course, and the song was inspired by a street named Pleasant Valley Way in suburban West Orange, New Jersey. This is where they had moved after they started making some money. They're like, hey, we're a big hit. Let's move out of the city. We'll go to suburbia. Well, That didn't go real well for them. So they wrote the song about their dissatisfaction with life in the suburbs. And it's often viewed as commentary. This is social commentary on status symbols, on the comfort that we find in materialism, um, and things that come with life in suburbia, things like keeping up with the Joneses. And Mm -hmm. they, they left. They left. But I love this. I was obsessed with the lyrics of this song. Mr. Green, he's so serene. He's got a TV in every room. And rows of houses that are all the same. And no one seems to care. That that was like a lifelong concern of mine. Like when I was a little kid, I'm like, no one cares that these houses all look the same. <laughs> and I was like, A, the monkeys are poets even though it was Carol King who wrote it, and B, they really care about stuff. <laughs> and that made them very, very cute to me. <laughs> well, I'm sure we have a lot of Monkees fans listening who agree yes. with you 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay, bring this side home, Carolyn. What's our last track on okay. side one? Our last song on side one appropriately has the word sun in it. It's Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Released in September of 1969, it was uh, the first track on side two of their LP, Abbey Road. Wow. Classic. I know. Classic. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, the Beatles stopped touring when the song was, was released, and they never performed it live. I, I it was never, never performed that. live, ever. No, not by the Beatles. We can only hear this on vinyl. No. Yes, as a I guess George Harrison, yeah. who wrote it has yeah. performed it live. Okay, but as and, the Beatles. Right, but as the Beatles. And also, interestingly enough, John Lennon does not perform on the track that's on Abbey Road. He and George had a little um, disagreement. Oh um, we're not on the best of terms during that time. And um, John Lennon refused to perform on any George Harrison written songs. So, Fuck you, I know. John. Isn't that sad? <gasps> that's really sad. And I thought this was kind of interesting, too. In the early 70s, Here Comes the Sun was adopted by George McGovern in his campaign for the presidency. It said the initial success of the campaign, so of George McGovern's yeah. campaign, um, was 
was that this song represented a triumph for the counterculture's attempt to wield power via conventional electoral politics. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So he was speaking to a certain group of people. Yes. Hmm. Our people. Our, Our people. parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here comes the sun, I say, it's all right. Okay, so that was side one. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to flip the record over. We, yep. And find out what we have on side two. The first track on side two is another one of my first favorite songs. I know. I love this song, too. That's Georgie Girl. Hey there, Georgie Girl. Why do all the boys just pass you by? Could it be you just don't try? Which is a song by the Australian pop folk music group, The Seekers. And it was used as the title song for the 1966 film, Georgie Girl. Um, This song, it was The Seekers' highest charting single. It reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, Do you guys want to know what song kept it from number one? What? What is it? I'm a Believer by the Monkees. (gasps) Oh my but God. that's a solid one and two, I think. I'm it is. That's a very girl. solid. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you remember, um, but just this past August, the lead singer of The Seekers, Judith Durham, mm-hmm. passed away in August of 2022. Mm-hmm. But um, some great. I've always loved Georgie Girl. I that's, that's another song. one where I was just so tiny, tiny, and I loved it so much. And that was an album that my parents had, and I would sit there and stare at the record album. Mm. And it's got is it is it whistling or pretend whistling or a yeah. flute or something? But it's something that is the happiest musical sound you've ever heard that opened mm. this song. <laughs> and Judith Durham is just the quintessential '60s. Uh, beautiful totally. girl that you can't, st- you know, she's almost like a that girl, right? She's got the bangs, with heavy the headband bangs. and yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. the long flip. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I also noticed, uh, we're just missing flutes in music because the, the flute was a prominent instrument yeah. in these sunshine pop tunes. And we just need to bring back, back the flute. It's a happy instrument. Mm-hmm. It needs to be in more songs. So, I mean, we got Lizzo out there. Yeah. Thank you, Lizzo. Yeah. That's right. But think about Wendy. The- think about the flute part in Wendy. Like, try try to be sad with that exactly. going on. Exactly. You yeah. just can't. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, my number one pick for this entire KTEL album was actually performed by a group that never appeared together, never went on the road together, never were interviewed together. Yet they managed to have the number one song on Billboard's year-end countdown in 1969. <laughs> you guys, this would be the song. Sugar, sugar. And I think part of my brain at some point in time almost thought that the monkey sang that song. Oh, I I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's actually the Archies. Yes, those Archies from the comic (laughs) strip. Archie, Reggie, (laughs) Betty, Veronica, and Jughead. (laughs) And this group of friends actually had an animated series on Saturday mornings called The Archie Show. It was launched in the fall of 1968, so I'm going on three when that came out, and it followed the misadventures of that that little crew, and they had a band that would perform. And those songs that they performed on the show would, in turn, be released on albums and as singles, okay? And this was Donald Kirshner's kind of brainstorm. Do you remember that name, Donald Kirshner? That's why you thought the monkey sang this song. Indeed. Do you mm-hmm. know that he 
gave it to the monkeys. He wanted the monkeys to do it in the show. And our friend, Michael Nesmith, you know what he said? He's like, it's a piece of junk, and I am not doing it. Yeah, he was on his high horse. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Kirshner, he just thought for sure that this could be a hit. He just loved the music. And he went home a little bit dejected, and he saw his son, Ricky, was reading an Archie comic book. And that's when the idea oh formed. God. Why not ter- turn the comic into a band and have them perform the single? And evidently, the rights for the Archie characters were very affordable. So there you go. Sugar Sugar was the fictional group's most successful single, even though they had others. And it knocked off the Rolling Stones Honky Tonk Woman out of the number one spot on September 20th, 1969. Mick Jagger's like, they must have been really like insulted. (laughs) Jughead. You guys, what I remembered was this may have actually been the very first Pop 45 that I ever owned. Oh. You know why? Why? I had the cardboard release of Sugar Sugar oh, from right. the back of my Alphabet cereal box. Okay, okay and Sugar it actually Pops? played? Yes, they actually played. Mm-hmm. Um, they did have it on the back of Sugar Smacks also. Post Cereal had a lot of these cardboard um, records. The Archies, almost all of their singles got released on cardboard oh, as well as vinyl. <laughs> so did Michael Jackson. I mean – so did the Jackson 5. I want that to come back. I want them to put records back on cereal boxes. I think, you know, because the kids now, they collect what they call vinyls. Right, right. They like the vinyls. That's right. Mm-hmm. Do you hear us, General Mills? We think Yes. You, you hey, might General have... Mills, listen yeah. up. This is definitely a bubblegum pop hit too, right? And mm-hmm. you also mentioned um, Sunshine Day, Carolyn. Yes, as I did. One of your, um, as one of your songs to go on the sunshine situation. I think that's a similar one to Sugar Sugar. And at first I was like, well, wait, but isn't that bubblegum? But then I, um, uh, DJ Jan gave me her number two pick, her number two sunshine pop pick. And it wasn't Sunshine Day, but it was Girl, look what, what you've done, done to me. me. The the Davy Jones appearance on the Brady Bunch, girl, um, or girl, if you're American. And, you know, how is that different from Sunshine Day? It's it's the same thing. So you can see where these two these two categories are uh-huh. very friendly with each other. Right. And both of the, so the Archies and the Brady Bunch tec- technically are fictional. The you know, the Yeah, the, think about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I loved Sugar Sugar. Okay, the next track on our on side two is Best Friend by Harry Nilsson. People let me tell you about my best friend. He's a warm-hearted person who loved me till the end. People let me tell you about my Which was the theme song to The Courtship of Eddie's Father, which was a TV show that debuted in September of 1969. And we have to share this opening sequence in our weekly reader because it charmed people so hard. Bill Bixby is the dad running on the beach with Brandon Cruz, his little boy. And the... the sound of this song is sort of like how you say the flute is a happy is a happy sound. I think the French horn can also be a super happy sound. And Harry Nilsson used the French horn a lot in his songs. Um, but the lyrics of this song, I think, are part of what charmed people. People, let me tell you about my best friend. He's a warm-hearted person who loved me till the end. People, let me tell you about my best friend. He's a one-boy, cuddly toy. My up, my down, my pride and joy. I, I mean, it that. just makes you so damn happy. It. Oh, and when I was a kid, I would wait and wait for this show just for that opening sequence. I'm not sure I cared about the show that much. It was the opening sequence oh, yeah. that I loved. It was that song. And whenever I did research on Best Friend, 
There's another theme song that would pop up and would also be classified as sunshine pop, but you can't find it anywhere. It's not recorded anywhere. It's not in Spotify. You can only find the video of it. And that is the theme song for the show, The Nanny and the Professor. Did you guys watch that show? Was that I Haley did love Mills? That show. Was that, that was, Haley Mills? It yes. was Juliet Mills, who was oh, Haley okay. Mills's sister. Yes. It was on so briefly. It was only on for two years, starting in 1970. And it was a huge hit because it was between the Brady Bunch and the Partridge family. And then when they moved it out of the time slot, it kind of failed. Mm. But I think I loved it, like I said, because of the theme song. And the, the song's just called Nanny, and it's sung by the Adrisi brothers. And so when I when I clicked on the video and I start watching this opening sequence, it's that I almost started to cry. Like, it's so freaking familiar to me, and the song is so familiar, but it's elusive. It's how do you how how could you access that except for being in the YouTube era? It's been removed from my life since 1970 or 1972, whenever it went off the air. So it's not going on Sunshine Situation because it's not available anywhere. But maybe we will put that video in the um, in the weekly reader. Can okay, I add I'm, on to that? Um, yeah. Because one of my songs I wanted to put on. It too is not cannot be found anywhere except if you watch the beginning um, scene to Super Dad, one of my favorite oh, yes. Disney movies, and it's a song by Bobby Goldsboro, and it's called um, "The Best of Times." And immediately when we were assigned to come up with our favorite Sunshine Pop songs, that was like one of the ones at the top of my list. And I go on Spotify, and I go on Apple Music. It's nowhere to be found on there. So you can just see it in the opening sequence of Super Dad. It's kind of um, sundown on this scene on the beach and the surfer kids like these teenagers are kind of coming in bringing in their surfboards and everything it just to me was the epitome of what sunshine pop would mean and i want to live that life i mean that was very influential on me when i was a kid when you have any of those commercials opening sequences if anybody's running on a beach (laughs) i'm i'm all in our next track on sunshine situation is another harry nilsson song and that is cuddly toy which was actually recorded by the monkeys this is another one that you need to see on video because this is a, uh, you know, how the monkeys would have their musical montages in their shows. And so the musical montage that is for Cuddly Toy is like the cutest music video you've ever seen in your whole life. It's Davy Jones dancing with a woman who would eventually become the choreographer for Solid Gold. Her name is oh, Anita Mann. We watched yes. it when we did our Solid Gold yes. episode. Yeah, it is yes. And it's famous because he, Davy Jones famously did not like to prepare for these scenes. He wanted it to be very natural and organic, which means that this poor woman had no choreography. She just had to follow Davy Jones. And you can tell she's like looking at his feet and they're like laughing because she's, she's messing up. But it's super, super cute. And you'll just totally fall in love with Davy Jones. But... Apparently, and I'm only getting this now, 50 years after I started listening to this song, the lyrics are disgusting. Oh, oh. It's apparently, it sounds so sweet and innocent, right? Cuddly toy. It's a cuddly toy. You're my cuddly toy. It's about a girl who apparently enjoys promiscuous sex but hides it well because of her innocent looks. But this is not a pro-sex Um, It's not like embrace your sexuality. It's totally misogynistic. You're not the only cuddly toy that was ever enjoyed by any boy. Oh. Oh. I know. Mm. I know. It's so bad. But somebody commented on YouTube. This sums it up so perfectly. He said, Davy Jones's charisma and showmanship 
is what fooled a generation of people into thinking that this was an adorable song. Like, kudos to you, Davy Jones. Well, Davy Jones is the epitome of a cuddly toy. He is a cuddly toy. Yes, totally. I mean, look up, look up, like cuddly toy in the dictionary, and it's just a picture of Davy Jones. <laughs> Have you guys done that? Okay, so our next track on um, side two is "Happy Together." is a song written by Gary Bonner and Alan Gordon and recorded by the Turtles. Um, This song was released in January 1967, peaked at number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, becoming the the Turtles' first and only chart topper there and ultimately becoming their biggest hit. They were a one-hit wonder. Goodness Mm -hmm. gracious. Yeah. And I think this is also a quintessential sunshine pop hit. This is right up there with Wouldn't It Be Nice. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think is so interesting about the Turtles is they are the quintessential. They don't just represent Sunshine Pop. I think they also represent the 60s. And so there's this, I'm sure you've seen this, the Happy Together tour that has the Turtles and Herman's Hermits and a bunch of other people. And the Turtles actually, number one, had this one hit, but also kind of adopted whatever was popular at the time. So they just saw, okay, people are using flutes and they're doing this and they're talking about sunshine. Okay, let's do that. And then that was a hit. And then when that didn't work again, they would morph into something else. So they were chameleons. They weren't sunshine Mm -hmm. pop people. They were just chameleons. Um, And now they take that one moment in time and they turn it into a lifetime tour where people continue Mm -hmm. to pay money to see them. Let's continue. Like to this day. How old must they be? I, my God. Like good I, for I mean, them. Maybe like, they were 20. You know, they're, Who knows? They're tortoises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do live a long time. That's true. The next song that I put on the Sunshine Situation was Wedding Bell Blues by the Fifth Dimension again. for the fifth dimension in 1969 and this is a Marilyn McCoo tour de force most of the fifth dimension songs are a lot of harmonies and she's not necessarily prominent this is all Marilyn her voice just carries this song and they actually made up this term there was no term wedding bell blues before the fifth dimension sang this song and now it's a part of our lexicon I loved that song Again, I love it my parents had fifth dimension albums and I have a memory of me singing into a jump rope, like the end of a jump rope, like it was a microphone. Because that really worked well for a microphone, too. Uh-huh, it does. Before the curling yeah. iron. Yeah. Right, the curling well, iron. Well, because then you can take the rope and you can kind of yeah. act like a oh, jump rope. Yeah, flip the cord. As you walk back yeah. and forth. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I would sing that, which was probably a joke, because like this little seven, six-year-old or whatever was belting out, I got the wedding bell blues. <laughs> I love you so. I always, I always will. will. Yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> oh, Bill. Oh, my goodness, oh. Bill. Okay, so our Come next. Come on, Bill. <laughs> the next track is on primarily because it makes me happy. It's the theme for our podcast. It's the theme song for one of my favorite television shows. This would be Come On, Get Happy by the fictional group, The Partridge Family. 
lump them with the Archies and the Brady Bunch. It's actually really short, so it didn't really make it as a single like on the radio that you would hear it, but it's just so happy. And I I put right after Carolyn's pick of Come On, Get Happy, I put on another Partridge Family song called Together, Having a Ball, Having a Ball, from the pilot episode of the Partridge Family. And it is one of what's known as the Lost Songs. There are four Partridge Family songs that were in episodes but never appeared on albums. Okay, so listen to this and tell me what sounds different about this song. This is one of the four lost songs of the Partridge Family. Having a ball, doing the number, having a ball, getting it all together, together, together. Any ideas? What's different about no, that song from it's other not David Cassidy? Fans? It's not David Cassidy. Oh. And so it turns out that what these four lost songs are are the songs that the um, that the Phantom Band, the Partridge Family, made for the first two episodes. And it was oh. after the first two episodes that David Cassidy gave them a demo tape and said, "You guys, oh. I can sing." And starting in episode three, David Cassidy did the singing with Shirley Jones. So you can hear Shirley Jones on that track. It's Shirley Jones and a bunch of people that we don't know. After episode two, it's Shirley Jones and David Cassidy. Hmm. Okay, so the next song on side two, Don't Be Afraid by Carpenters. It's a lesser known Carpenter song, certainly. It's from their 1969 debut album, Ticket to Ride. And you guys, it's such a cute and jaunty song. It's so happy and so uplifting. Like... I want to skip, Carolyn. I want to skip along holding hands with someone when I listen to it. And it goes, Don't don't be afraid to love and get love returned. Don't be afraid to tell everyone you've loved. That love is a groovy thing. It knows how to make you sing. Is that written by Burt Bacharach by any chance? That is a great question. Kristen? It Let's sounds, have some fact I, in checkers my mind out there. It. Look that up for okay, us. Okay, fact checkers, do that. I feel like Burt Bacharach has very sunny songs. Well, and, and don't let's not forget Burt Bacharach did write some of the first songs for for that's Richard right. Heron. That's right. Um, so mm-hmm. since this is on their debut album, I would not be surprised if you are correct. And remember, and we'll, they loved yeah. him. They 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 actually um, they did shows with him right at the beginning. He's the one that was one of their first big their biggest fans. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Pulling that out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Good job. The next track on our album is God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. This is my favorite love song of all time. Oh, oh. Of all of the love songs, this is my favorite love song. It gets me right here. I just feel it so hard. And Paul McCartney says that this is his favorite song of all time. Mm. Of all the songs. Not even the favorite love song. Wow. Period. This is Paul McCartney's favorite song. He thinks it's the best song ever written. You guys, I think I always thought the Beatles sang it. Did they cover it or did they do it too? I think I've always thought the Beatles sang this song. Um, I do know that Captain and Tennille covered it. Oh, did I they? I think that was maybe the first time I had heard it. Like, that's the one I thought was maybe going to play at my wedding, the Captain and Tennille version. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> Thanks. 
Oh my goodness. Okay, so the number one song I wanted to put on this album, um, and that's Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Raindrops are falling on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling Okay, you guys, this song has a deep and special meaning for me, and it has nothing to do with raindrops or my head. So the actual song um, was written by Burt Bacharach and Hal David for the 1969 film Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, um, and the song, sung by B.J. Thomas, reached number one on the charts in the United States, topped Billboard Hot 100 for four weeks, blah, blah, blah. It had lots of chart positions, but... I have to tell you why I've always loved this song. So first of all, obviously, it's a great and catchy, fun fun tune to sing along to, right? And it's uplifting. Um, but my connection with this song is because of my dad. And I'll remind you that I lost him in my life at age 10, and he died when I was 23, so I hadn't seen him in 13 years, um, which to this day is the saddest thing in my life. Like, I loved my daddy so much. Um, and anyway, he considered himself to be quite the vocalist. Like, you guys, he'd totally have auditioned for The Voice if it had been a show in the 70s. <laughs> so he was a salesman, and he repped some apparel lines called Gaddy Sportswear and Honey Dresses. And in, I don't even know, I'm going to say like 1972, 73, he recorded a 45 single to the tune of Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, Oh my but God. with lyrics all about how great the clothes were. And <laughs> since I only got to see my daddy like two or three times a year for those 10 years when I did, when he was in my life, I played this 45 constantly when I was a little girl so I could hear his voice. And you guys, I still have it. Oh my God, you have the 45? You guys, it's been 44 years. It's been 44 years since I've heard my daddy's voice, but I can play this silly song. I have the 45. I can play this silly song and I hear that Texas twang in his voice. Did you guys hear it? Oh, yeah. And there's one thing I know. He says, I, I know. (laughs) And I can also hear how serious he was when he would sing. Like he took this very seriously. And it's just, it's everything to me. So I never, ever hear raindrops keep falling on my head without singing these lyrics instead. Yeah. Like at the end, he goes, we're showing at the apparel mart. Because <laughs> like, and at the, the very end, it's like, sweet. And it's like, sweet nine, four, six, two, nine. <laughs> um, and you guys, and so it makes me smile every time. I keep the 45 in a frame on my bookshelf. Um, and it's one of my, it's, it's just a really cherished possession um, to me because like I, I said. I can't believe you have his voice. I couldn't believe it when I found it about four years ago. I found it in in an old tub of albums. Um, I don't even know what to say. And I do love that song so much, and I'm going to love it even more now. Oh, wait, here it is. 
Wait. end up with our final song on our album. Sunshine yes, bring it home, home Carolyn. Please. Yes. What is our last song on the Sunshine situation? Our last song is going to be Daydream Believer by the Monkeys. What number is this, Chip? 7A. Okay, no, I mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. Oh, I could hide beneath the wings of the bluebird as she sings The six o'clock alarm would never ring Oh, Davey. Oh, love that song. What number is this? 7A. <laughs> all right, all right. Yes. It's because I'm short. I know. Yes. <laughs> I love when you um, impersonated that. Or, um, and I love that song. I love what it stands for. To me, it's almost... The epitome of a sunshine song, sunshine yeah. pop song. Because again, mm-hmm. it has day in it. <laughs> they have some good days. It has dream. Because we're yes. dreaming. A lot. It yes. just it has it it's all. It's got a homecoming it's, queen, a yes. white knight on a steed. <laughs> <laughs> like all good sunshine pop songs have steeds. It reached number one um, on Billboard's Hot 100 in December of 1967 and remained there for four weeks. It was the monkey's third and last number one hit in the U.S. And listeners, you have to know, this is how meaningful Daydream Believer is. Those of us who do not yet have tattoos, we all have the tattoos that we would get were Mm -hmm. the opportunity to arise, right? My tattoo is Daydream Believer as a bracelet around my wrist. That's so cute. And it might still happen someday. One time I got super mad at my husband and I ran out of the house to go get a tattoo and then I couldn't find the tattoo place. <laughs> so, that. yeah. And that was that was also going to be Daydream Believer. So this is a long-term plan. That was 15 years ago or something. And the only reason that I don't get a tattoo, not the only reason, I'm afraid because I think it'll hurt. But um one of the main reasons is I think, well, it's permanent and and I'll change my mind. But I haven't changed my mind. Right. right? And I think you're you're living out some of the things that you might have daydreamed about that you believed in. I think so. Right now in your life. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. I love it. Oh, that's beautiful, Carolyn. And that is where we will leave you today. You guys putting this together was so fun. It is so fun. <laughs> Are you in love with Sunshine Pop? I just can't wait for all of our listeners to go to Spotify when we have a playlist up on there of the sunshine yes. situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we dare you not to be happy and go skipping down your street. Maybe go prancercizing with that in your ears. <laughs> and we promised you there will probably be a lot more. Of course, we're limited for time, so we can't do every song we want to put on the album. So you will likely come into contact with even more sunshiny songs on the playlist than you heard here today. Listeners, thank you for going on this KTEL journey with us. I hope it was as fun for you as it was for us. Thanks for sticking with us till the end, and we'll see you next time. Yes, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And we're so excited to share with you some links to a lot of the fun things that we shared in today's episode. Videos, um, like opening credits to The Courtship of Eddie's Father cuddly toy. <laughs> I think you might get in there um, the uh, opening to Super Dad, because 
of I love that song. You'll also see links to Jake's shows on The Current and Twitch and just whatever else we feel like throwing in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if, if you are not already subscribed to The Weekly Reader, you can sign up on our website at poppreservationists.com or on the link in bio on our Instagram page. You guys, we've gotten some of the nicest new reviews over on Apple Podcasts that have honestly brought tears to our eyes recently. We appreciate those of you who follow us where you listen and who take the time to say such nice things so other people know why the PCPS is such a happy, joyful place for all of us to gather. It means a lot to us. It really does. And to our supporters on Patreon, you all are truly our pit crew. Your financial support is what literally keeps the mics on (laughs) for real. (laughs) Um, And today, we'd like to give a special thank you to patrons Linda, Christina, Stephen, Sheila, Jennifer, Alexis, Colleen, Ashley, and Jen. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of the cast of Three's Company, to good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. 